Welcome everyone to David Burkus Presents. This week, David Burkus Presents How to Build a Courageous Team Culture with like the person who coined the term Courageous Cultures. My good friend Karen Hurt joins us, author of the book Courageous Cultures. Uh, fantastic book. I'm just going to gloat on you for a second rather than a normal bio. I'm just going to like um, fantastic book around what I, what I'm going to call like psychological safety plus, right? Like it's more than that. There's there's more to it than that. But what I love is its practicality, right? Like, so I'm an organizational psychologist by training, and we study also we we make up terms and then study all sorts of phenomenon and then like kick the ball into the court of the practitioners to go how do we actually do this? Um, and I feel like you know you did a pretty good job telling us how uh, to do this. Is that a fair assumption of where all this came from? Or, or why don't we start there with where did this Courageous Cultures idea come from, right? Beyond just the, my self-appointed need to say, we got to figure out how to apply all this stuff. Oh, David, first of all, thank you so much for your very generous and kind words. Uh, so, you know, it was really interesting. We were doing leadership development programs you know, across a variety of industries all over the world. And we were noticing a consistent phenomenon. We would go in and be working at the very senior levels of the organization. And we would hear things like, why don't more people speak up? Why don't people share their ideas? Why am I the only one who's walking around and stumbles on this best practice? Why aren't people talking about this? And then we would be doing training at the manager or supervisor level and at the very same organizations. And we would hear things like, Nobody wants my ideas. You know, the last time I spoke up, I got in trouble. Nothing ever happens anyway. You know, and we thought, are you all working for the same company? Because we really believed these leaders really did want to hear these ideas. That was real. The employees had great ideas and they weren't trivial ideas like kombucha in the break room. They were ideas to improve productivity and the pro of a process, to improve the customer experience or to improve the employee experience. So they were still holding those ideas back. Why? And so that's why we partnered with the University of North Colorado a Social Research Lab on an extensive study that was both quantitative and qualitative to answer the question, why aren't more people speaking up and sharing ideas? And then to flip that, to your point, to get real practical and say, well, if you really want more ideas, what do you do? How do you go about building a culture where teams really do feel like speaking up is the way they do things around here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's always been the weird tension, right? So in, in 2013, I wrote um, a book called The Myths of Creativity and then got all sorts of invitations to come to companies and help our people have more great ideas, right? Yep. And, and almost always I start working with the people and you're like, actually, your people have some pretty good ideas. There's something else going here. I, I ended up um, finishing the book with what I call the mousetrap myth, which is this whole leadership reaction against um, new ideas, etc. And what I love is that your research sort of built upon that and found, and you kind of hinted at a few of them, but found multiple reasons for why people don't speak up. And it's more than just like leaders are terrible at judging ideas. There's a variety of different things that can happen that send the message that even though we say we want our people to speak up, submit great ideas, push back, right, speak truth to power, et cetera, there's a lot of cultural context in, in place that are actually keeping people from feeling that you believe that I actually feel safe to speak up. Exactly, exactly.
So, I mean, I, I guess the big question here is, um, I, I two really actually big questions for you. The, the first is I was really intrigued by this idea of a cultural oasis, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of people listening to this or watching this, wherever it is, you know, we're team leaders. We're maybe not the CEO, right? Or the chief human resource officer, somebody that could engage in large scale um, organizational change. We're just like, okay, I know this company culture is whatever it is. How do I create that little pocket on my team? So, so what do you have uh, in, in that regard? Let's say I'm in that culture. I know I want my own team to be that cultural oasis. Where do I get started? What, what do I do? Is it just about being the human shield or is there more to it? Yeah. So yeah, very, very good question. And it's interesting because we saw in our research a number of pockets where the manager or a director or even a, a supervisor level person was doing these best practices, even in a culture where innovation and problem solving and speaking up wasn't valued. And we found a couple of things. First is being really clear about two things. One is being very clear that you actually do want ideas and by modeling it because leaders go first. So if your team is watching and you and say, it's really safe to speak up, but then your boss walks in the room and you shut down and you don't advocate for people's ideas or you don't stand up to your peers, you don't, right? You're, if you are not modeling the way, they're not going to believe a word you say. So being really clear in both your words and in your actions. And then the second is, be really clear about what a good idea would accomplish. And this has been very interesting as we've been working with teams, particularly through the pandemic, using these tools. It's not enough to just say, hey, we really love for your ideas of how we can do better right now. That just people are already overwhelmed. You know, they're working remotely, you know, you know, all the all the elements that are at play here. So to be as specific as you can be. You know what we really need ideas around right now? How can you stay productive without, uh, you know, going insane during this time? Like, what exactly do you need, right? And when you lower the threshold to just say, here's a couple of areas we need good ideas, that is when you, it, it's really liberating and you reduce the friction to people speaking up. And so, you know, one of the things that we've been doing is working with a team and say, Give us one area you really need a great idea, and now we'll take you through these tools, and we'll work on that specific area. And you know, coming up with things that are actually doable, um, not just you know, not big ideas to change your entire trajectory of the company. Focus on what you can control. Where do you need a great idea right now? What would that idea accomplish? And then work with your team to go out and deliberately ask for those ideas, and then respond. What we call respond with regard. Respond well to those ideas, even if you can't use them. Okay. All right. So so let's talk about that respond well thing, right? Because I think this is the big crux that I find is you know, self-awareness is not exactly as common as, as it should be, right? So a lot of times it's actually the leader, like let's say we do that. Like, and I love that idea, right? So we're going to say we need specific ideas on this specific thing as the sort of permission, right? That can build a little sort of micro sense of trust. But that reaction after the ideas is huge. So what do you what do you coach those leaders through 
when they're, I mean, I, I'm assuming we're responding in the moment, but maybe the ideas are all submitted throughout some other system, et cetera. How, how do you make sure that they monitor their own reaction so that people feel actually heard once they respond to that? Because this could go south really, really fast without a lack of self-awareness, right? We want lots of ideas around this idea. And then I sit there and read the cards and talk about, I think there was an office episode about this. Actually. <laughs> I believe <laughs> there was. <laughs> yeah. So how do we do that? So, you know, it's, First of all, is you want to respond with regard in three ways. First, with gratitude. Thank you so much for thinking about this. Thank you for you know bringing these ideas up. I really appreciate it. Whether it's a good idea or a terrible idea, you are still grateful and respond with gratitude that they have brought it up and are engaging. So gratitude. The next step is information. Now, here's where what you'll say varies on whether or not you're actually going to use the idea. So, right. So assume, you know, what if you say, oh, you know what? We're already doing that. Great idea. It's so good. We're already implementing that. Well, the information you are providing there at that time is thank you so much for thinking about that. Did you know we're actually doing that? We have a pilot going on with that right now. It's a great idea. Love to give you more information about how that's going. Or did you know we actually changed that policy? Eight months ago, you've got outdated information. Here's what, you know, so you're providing information. Or maybe the information you're providing is, that's a great idea. Uh, you, you could say, wow, that is a great idea. Your information is, here's what I think we need to do next. Would you mind getting involved? Right? You find a way to bring them in. And then finally is an invitation. And that's an invitation to continue to contribute ideas. So we recently had a uh, member of our team come to us and you know she had a really cool strategic idea the problem was it was going in this direction and we're taking the company in that direction right and so you know gratitude hey thank you so much for th you know not thinking beyond your own current role right now and thinking strategically about where we could go information this idea would help us if we were going in that direction, but here's where we're really headed this year. Because of the pandemic, because of the pivot, because of what we believe is going to happen next, we are going to put all of our energy around these three strategic priorities. Okay, An invitation. Do you have any ideas that would help us do one of those three things well? You know, and so, you know, basically we said, we're not going to use your idea. But, you know, you're, she's coming away from that going, oh, you know, it, part of the team, knowing that we care, knowing that we really do want ideas. So I, I OK, I, I love that breakdown, right? Gratitude, information, information. It, it's actually it's way better than what I used to do. I'm just going to be candid and full disclose here. So I always used to tell people that my favorite way to respond is to say, um, hey, that's a great idea. What would have to be true for that idea to work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So sort of jumping from gratitude straight to the invitation, the okay. idea being, I'm inviting you to judge the idea with me, right? Let's go find out if those things are true. Um, but you're right. It doesn't always work because sometimes the idea actually stems from a lack of information, right? right. Um, and so you actually have to correct that. And then, of course, like with, with all due respect to Alex Osborne of the world of brainstorming, um, he said, "Ever no, you know, no idea is a bad idea. No, some ideas are terrible, right? <laughs> right? And that's and that's the big problem because it sends that cultural message that like, oh, we don't actually value speaking up, right? Mm -hmm. Or or you run into, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this again, thinking about the team leader. What I notice working with a lot of organizations is that you have senior leadership that welcomes ideas in speech 
But what they also mean is like, I want you to come up with the idea I'm already thinking about, <laughs> right? So how do you, so now I'm, I'm that manager level. We, this was great. The, the uh, gratitude information invitation is a great way to break that down. Uh, what about going up, right? So I'm trying to create this cultural oasis. How do I handle it going up as opposed to down? Yeah. So a couple of things that one of the things we teach is, is critical thinking. One of the reasons that people, you know, when, when an executive comes to us and says, my team is just not that strategic. One of the things we often find is they don't have enough information to be strategic. Like they don't have enough context. And so if you want your people to be bringing you better ideas, you need to give them context about what else is going on. And that involves a good bit of transparency. But one of the ways we, we teach in our leadership development programs is if you're the one with an idea, whether you are an individual contributor, whether you're a supervisor, team leader with an idea, try positioning your idea this way. And we use that, we love acronyms, of course. So it's the idea model. So I, why is this idea interesting? Meaning, why is this idea strategically in line with where we're headed or what's a big priority for my boss or for my boss's boss? You know, do I, can I position my idea in context? I know we're really trying to improve our customer experience right now. I have an idea that will improve the customer experience, right? D, is it doable? And this one is really, really important right now because most of us have way too many options of what to do. It's there's so much going on. So if you could say, and here's why I think we can pull it off right now, right? Get, break it down. Is it practical? E, is it engaging? This is where you think about stakeholders. Who else might think this is a good idea? Hey, you know, boss, I've already talked uh, to IT and I asked them whether what it would take to implement this and where it sits on their heat map of the other work that they've got going on. And they said it really is a, a low lift. It would take about two hours worth of programming. Right. So engaging or, you know, I've talked to HR about how this fits into some of the other talent strategy work they're doing. And they're actually really interested in learning more and said they'd be happy to come to the first meeting. And then A, actions. This is where you, again, get really practical. Here's what I recommend the first couple of steps would be. And break it down. You get bonus points if you're the one assigning the action items to yourself instead of what your boss. To you. This is what I think you need to do. When people tell us that they are too nervous to share their ideas, and in fact, in our research, 40% said they lacked the confidence to share ideas. Imagine this. If you went to your manager and said, I really care about this team, I care about the work that we're doing, and I have an idea, would you be interested in hearing it? Here's why it's interesting, doable, engaging actions. You lay it out within you know, two minutes, you have positioned your idea. Do you think your boss is going to be mad? Right? They, I mean, even if they don't implement the idea, you are going to be seen as a team player who cares about the company and is thinking critically, which can't hurt. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. I, I had always one of one of my pieces of advice for submitting, uh, you know, ideas up is almost anticipate the rejection and and then have a um, don't argue for why your idea was right. 
have a, a way you can fight for the right to try it, right? So I love that last, that actionable step, bonus points of the action ends on you, right? Because that was always my thing is you should be planning your, your pitch in such a way that when they say like, no, 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 you can go, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, what if we just tried this, like this small thing? I don't need a ton of budget. I just need some time and maybe, you know, something, some little resource. Can I fight for that right to try? And I feel like the action step part does that, right? Like there's a, this is the irony. So we start from the place of uh, that we want these cultures where everybody speaks up. But part of it is actually training people not to speak up too much, but to know that I need to attach action items to sort of all of it. Uh, Otherwise, it just it ends up getting rejected. Like I feel like especially as we go up the hierarchy, we look for reasons not to do something. So the smaller we make those actions, the harder we make it to say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. I love that. And I am so so with you on the you know, the make it small and pilot it. I once worked for, I had a, I won't say what the role was because that boss might be listening, but I worked for a really risk averse boss. And we were in a pivotal time that we needed to be doing things differently. I knew we had to be doing things differently. I was, I was in his office every other month. All right, just, let's just pilot it. Let's just pilot it in this geography. Let's just pilot it there. We had all these pilots going, but you know what? Once the pilots worked, then, you know, the, they, they feel more supportive, right? It doesn't feel as risky once you give a, so start small and, and try it that way and then prove that it already works so that your sell is easier. No, I, 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 I love that. I mean, I'm, I was always a big fan of trials, um, you know, anyway, right, from an innovation standpoint. But again, it, it almost anticipates that because sometimes, like I said, sometimes there's building that oasis for you and other times it's managing your boss. I, yeah. I want to I pivot a bit um, because of the reality of the situation we work in, right? We've been in this, it's almost been 12 months since the great work from home experiment began. And like I was saying earlier, a lot of times top brass, senior leadership, et cetera, look for reasons not to do something, right? And in a a time like this, I feel like it's really, really easy to just say no to lots of stuff. At the same time, I feel like it's harder for individual employees to speak up in this remote environment. Are Are you finding the same thing? You know, it's interesting. We're seeing uh, companies respond two ways. I had really interesting conversation with one of our clients who uh, we were, it was right at the beginning as everything was moving to uh, work from home. And they were a, a company that everything was in the office. They really had built their entire infrastructure with people being in the office. And as we talked about, do we want to move our leadership development programs to live online, which was a real reversal because we were going to fly everybody in and have people face to face. They said something that was really, really stuck with me since then. They said, there is no better time to teach our leaders how to do something differently than right now. Mm. Because nobody, I mean, this is a year ago, nobody knows how to do this, right? So if we want to change people's thinking, change people's behavior, we ought to, you know, the old change model, unfreeze, <laughs> unfreeze the free, right? Yeah. You know, they, they're like, we're unfrozen right now. And it, it actually turned out to be true. We moved forward and we have seen great, great change in a really positive direction. So I do think that this might be the perfect time if you are wanting to try some new things because people, their whole lives are being doing things differently right now. The other thing I would say is, you know, it might feel like a lot to say, okay, you know, now we're going to create a courageous culture. Like that could be really overwhelming to people right now. So you don't have to declare that. Just say, you know what? 
what we need right now is ideas about this one thing. You know, don't make such a big deal out of it. And then when people bring you the ideas, do something with those ideas. Yeah. And then you you build this the culture slowly over time. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I, I mean, again, it's that idea of starting small um, and building. So it works at, at kind of both levels. I, I just feel like, you know, so you think about like, um, let's say a brainstorming meeting or an all hands meeting on a Zoom call, et cetera. It just mm -hmm. feels harder to read the room as the leader, you might accidentally step on people's toes. Um, it, it feels harder to speak up, right? When the, especially with little stuff, right? Like when yeah. the culture on the team is that everyone's on mute except who's speaking, mm -hmm. how much harder is it to speak up and disagree with people? I mean, I, I find myself, the question I've been asking a lot of leaders that I've worked with in the last year is when was the last time someone disagreed with you, right? Yeah. And a lot of them answer like mid-2020, like, oh, you you mean that, okay, so maybe there's a technological issue here, or maybe there's just, we're in a, let's just keep the ship from sinking mode. I, I, I honestly don't know exactly what it is. I've just settled on this idea that I think speaking up in a remote environment is a whole lot harder, which makes everything we're talking about way more important. Uh, you talk about so many good ways to lead remotely in your book, right? You're again, really practical ways and things to do. And we had a nice conversation about that earlier. Um, which I believe was also on a Friday afternoon for those of you that are listening live. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> so, you know, I am a huge believer that you can do this remotely you just have to be more deliberate about it. Hmm. And so one of the techniques that we are really using pretty much every single day is breakout rooms for it. So you give people a challenge and you say, I want your ideas around this topic. And here's the thing. Tell me why it's interesting, doable, engaging actions. Brainstorm around that and then come back. And so you give everybody a breakout, you know, a different topic in a different breakout room. We just did one the other day where we had... It was the entire company. It was a fast-growing startup, you know, about 160 people in the whole company. Everybody was participating in what would have been their all hands. You know, mm -hmm. Normally, we would be, uh, last couple of years, you know, gone to New York, fancy hotel, done all that. But we did it over Zoom, you know? But we broke people in. She had, the CEO had three strategic priorities that she really wanted input on. We divided people into 20 different groups. And we had what we would call a fishbowl, like, not Shark Tank, because hmm. much more friendly, right? So we had a fishbowl competition where people pitched their ideas. And then the judges were the friendly senior managers who were evaluating and listening to these ideas, giving real-time feedback, responding with regard. And then we took the very the top six ideas and pitched them back to the whole company. People are chatting in. Well, this is why I think this is good. Thumbs up, right? All the things. And then we collected all 20 of those ideas because even though something didn't make it to the next round doesn't mean there's not a nugget in there that they could implement. Fast, we did that in an afternoon, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was highly engaging and highly interactive and the ideas were good. Yeah, I mean, that's the other amazing thing, right? When your people actually do feel safe to speak up and they're, you're in a culture where they feel respected when they do, right? the ideas that come out of that are, are absolutely amazing. I, lo I love that idea of breakouts. I've even seen that on a small scale level, right? So um, what, what I've done a lot of times, first of all, I, I think they're like the underutilized tool in any web conferencing software um, because idea generation is easier when you're with just a trusted two or three people. Um, but the other thing I, I, I sometimes pull 
is I ask, I either designate someone or I ask when we come all back, I ask, hey, was there anything in the room that somebody else said that you really want to amplify, right? Because then it's not, there's less There's less fear of self-censorship, right? It's not me speaking up at that point. It, it, it's Karen saying, Dave had a great idea, mm -hmm. right? And then the other benefit is that they almost, in their interpretation of it, they add more, right? So you yeah. get kind of this even more thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm totally with you. I think I think I think breakout groups are again the underutilized resource. And I think that truthfully, this is this is a joke I make often. That uh, if we th a if we think that meetings are the only place where people should be speaking up, that's a whole other issue, right? right. Um, but B, if we're not running these meetings with the focus being on discussion, then why are we here, right? It's that old oh, this whole thing could have been an email. Well, that's even more true now in this remote environment, that if we're going to steal everybody's time, they're working at all different schedules, et cetera, because of work-life integration, if we're going to make them synchronize, yeah. then the only way to leverage that is to get discussion going. Yes, I agree 100%. And you know, in these one-on-ones, that's the other thing that I think some people have gotten bad at one-on-ones in the remote environment, and one-on-ones are so important. And particularly, you know, what ideas do you have? How can we do this better? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree. That's a that's a that's a drum that I've been beating on for probably five or six years now is that the check-in conversation, the feedback conversation should be a two-way street, right? Your yeah. your job as a leader at any size, at any level, is to figure out what's blocking your people from doing their best work and then remove it. And of course, that doesn't happen if they don't feel free to talk about what's blocking their work. None of that happens unless they have a courageous culture. Yeah, agreed. Well, I love this. This has been so much fun to chat about. Again, I love just, just to sort of give my own take, my own summary, right? We got two acronyms or two things going. We've got GII, right? The idea of gratitude, information, invitation. I love that as a way to respond. We've also got that way to almost sell your ideas, right? Um, with, okay, actually, I'm going to need your help on getting this acronym right for idea. So give me that one again. Why is the idea interesting, meaning strategically aligned, doable? Can you pull it off and why? Have you done your homework? Engaging, who are the key stakeholders? Who else might think this is a great idea? And actions, what are a couple of first next steps? Bonus points if you're the one assigning these next steps to yourself. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay. So if I want to learn more about this and those two acronyms aren't helping me, where do I find you um, and, and David, the book and also working with you? Oh, thank you so much. So our website is Let's Grow Leaders. So letsgrowleaders.com is our website. You can get everything from there. Our book is Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. And at our website, you can also download a free chapter of the book, get some free tools as well. So thank you so very much. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll have those links at davidberkus.com. Right now, if you're watching this, do us a favor, hit a like and a comment and just tell us what your big takeaway was, whether it was uh, whether it was the acronyms or something else. Um, and if you're listening to this after the fact as a podcast, do us a favor, double tap that cover art, leave a, uh, a check out all those show notes and then leave a rating and review. And also let us know what stuck out for you, not only because it helps people find the show, which is my selfish reason, but also because it helps me and Karen help more people build these courageous cultures. So again, thank you so much for joining us on David Burgess Presents. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many 
or people. And if you really liked it and you wanna go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.